0: And last week we talked about the perspective of the woman that had been caught in adultery, what it looked like to her, and we called that message, It is Finished. Remember that Jesus did not say, I am finished, when he was on the cross. He said, It is finished. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me We're going to be in a few passages of Scripture today. If you would go with me to John 6 and 15. St. John 6 and 15. Jesus has fed a multitude of people. He is... Gathered them together. They have eaten. They're excited. And they have uh, full bellies. Everybody say "Full full belly. Happy heart. So they literally had seen a place in their life where they had nothing. And all of a sudden they were full. This is what happens in that moment. This is verse 15. Therefore... When Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force, everybody say by force. by force, to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, God, for your word that it's life, God, and it's powerful. We just ask you to speak to us, God, through your word today. Let me decrease so you can increase. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to leave a thought with you today called nothing but the blood of Jesus. Would you say that with me? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want to focus on an individual that had walked with him. I'm going to focus on a couple of individuals. But the first one I want to focus on is one that had walked with him and had seen his ministry for three years. He was one of his own. He had seen him raise the dead. He'd seen him heal the blinded eyes and make the lame walk. And then right toward the end of it, everybody say faithful to the end. Right toward the end of it, something happens. Guys, would you come out, please? with approximately a week left before Jesus crucifixion they found themselves in the house of Simon the tanner or the leper
1: what are you doing don't waste that oil we we could sell it and give it to the poor
0: leave her alone judas You will always have the poor, but you will not always have me. Okay, freeze frame it right there. I want you to look at this. I want you to see who's here. There's a man that has been healed by Jesus from leprosy that's in the house that day. Jesus is in the house and he's about and nobody knows this. No even though he's told them, nobody really gets the fact that Jesus is about to give it all for them. This woman is pouring out oil on his feet that's worth a year's wages. It's oil that Judas did not buy. It's oil that does not belong to the disciples. She's giving it. His focus is, why is she giving that to Jesus? Why don't we sell that and then we can feed the poor? But underlying that, the scripture let us know that Judas carried the bag and so having a year's worth of wages added to the bag intrigued him. Give them a big hand, would you? (laughs) What I want you to get today is this is that when we're giving our all to him, it's never wasted. When everything we have, we're willing to lay down at his feet, that is not something that is wasted or that is lost. I thought about this and I begin to look at this, and what's hidden from them is the fact that Jesus knows where he's going and he knows what he's getting ready to do, and yet he's not out there saying, Hey man, I need some I, I, I need some people to rally with me here. You know, I need you to cheer me on to do this. He's keeping this between him and God. He's tried to give them clues to it. He's flat out come and told them that the Son of Man will be betrayed into the hands of sinners, that he'll he'll die. But He'll raise the third day, but they're not getting it. Now, Judas is in here, and Judas has seen some stuff that, man, I don't care who you are, if you had seen what he has saw, it would have such an impact on you. He, he watched not just Lazarus come out of the grave. He watched a, a girl raised from the dead. He'd seen Jesus opened up blinded eyes on several occasions. He had seen Jesus take on the whole religious system and they backed off of him. They backed down. They didn't back down for nobody. They backed down from Jesus. He watched Roman soldiers walk away that were supposed to be there to arrest him, temple guards, and walked away saying, nobody ever spoke like this man spoke. And Judas is thinking, you know what? There's only two things in this whole world that can bring about change, the kind of change we need. And Judas believes it's money and power. Say it with me. Money and power. Not much has changed with his philosophy, has it? It's still what it seems to be what drives the world today. Money and power. We, 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 we constantly, even in our own system, there is this, this hunger for money and power. But how many of you know that that's not the way real change comes? The only way real change can come is through the blood. Somebody say it with me nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood and yet he's, he, he sees Rome in control and that's the way that Rome got into control with money and power. And so he's saying, look man, he's got, this guy has got power. I've watched him defy gravity and walk on water. He's got the ability. He's got the gathering. There are multitudes of people that follow him. I think what he needs is a little push. Everybody say push. push. Can, can I borrow you right there, the little girl? <laughs> turn, if you would turn around, Daryl. I just want you to put your hands on his back and push him. him. So I let her. No. Push him hard. One more time. To really good. <laughs> Give him a hand, would you? <laughs> Judas doesn't seem to understand that you can't push God into anything. But he feels like he can. So he goes to, if you will, rather than me reading all these scriptures, just let me tell you the story. You can go to the scriptures. So what he does is he goes to the high priest. You see, he just, he, this, it, within four days, he sees this happen twice with the money thing. It happens in Simon the leper's house, and then it happens in Lazarus' house when Mary comes and she's anointing his head, and both times uh, he's upset uh, because he's thinking, man, this is money that we can use. How many of you women have ever wanted a dress real bad? I mean bad, and your husband told you we can't afford it, and then he went out and bought a new gun. Guys, let me give you a clue. You better hide the ammunition. Because <laughs> if they want something that bad and you say no to them, but then you're willing to do your own thing. You understand that Judas is upset. He, he's just thinking, look, we've got a golden opportunity here. And I am his right-hand man, even though he doesn't know it yet. I'm going to be the one pushes him in the power. I'm going to be the one that gets him on the throne. He forgot there would already been a group of folks that tried to put him on a throne. When these people saw him feed them from two loaves, I mean two fish and five loaves, they tried to take him by force and make him a king. What did he do? It said that he left them. He departed from them and went up into a mountain alone. What, it almost defies things, doesn't it? I mean, who doesn't want to be? You know, we got the king of rock and roll. We got the king of pop. I wish I could moonwalk. We got, we got all this stuff going on and everybody's ascribing to the title king. But yet when they want to give it to him, he walks away from it. Why? Because he understands who he is. He's already a king. Not just a king of the Jews. He's the king of kings. To allow him, to, or for him to allow them to make him a king is like painting a ruby or putting lacquer over a diamond. He doesn't need us. He's already there. But we do need him. Judas is trying to manipulate him. You don't manipulate God. You surrender to God. You open up your heart to God. You don't try and put, can you imagine trying to put God in a headlock? I I never forget in high school, there was this guy, there was this kid in high school. He's about this tall. Well, maybe that tall. But he had a mouth that was as big as Texas. And he went up to, uh, to one of the football players and just started shooting his mouth off. And the, and the football player looked at him and he thought, man, are you kidding? You know?" Or, and, and he thought, you know, this kid's just got to be, you know, and, and he just kind of pushed him out of the way. And he come right back and, you ever see a chihuahua? That's exactly what this looked like. And, and the football player finally had had enough and he grabbed the kid and he opened up a locker and he shoved him in the locker and he closed it and walked off. I came down the hallway after that and I hear somebody inside a locker beating on it. Let me out of here, let me out of here. Do you understand that when we try and manipulate God, when we try and force the hand of God, we are barking up the wrong tree. We're not going to push God around, and we're going to find ourselves in a place we don't want to be. He goes to the high priest and he said, how much will you give me if I betray him? If I deliver him to you, what will you give me? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. Now, before we make the mistake of thinking that, oh, Judas is just money hungry. He wants that 30 pieces of silver. That's not what he wants. What he wants is Jesus to show them who he really is. And I'm going to illustrate that in a moment. So Jesus goes to Gethsemane. He's praying. He's already told Judas what you do, you do quickly. Judas takes off and he's got to be wondering, how does he know? And it could be that Judas is even misreading his statement. It could be that Judas is thinking he's going to do it. <laughs> He just told me what I'm going to do, do quickly. He's going to do it. He's going to show who he is. He comes into the garden and he kisses him. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you betray me with a kiss? And then don't you know that Judas thought this is the moment? Because when those soldiers, when he looked at those soldiers and he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus steps forward. And, he, and with three words, I am he. He laid an entire Roman army flat on their back on the ground Uh, Judas had to be excited he had to be thinking this is what I've been waiting for now's our time but then it all turns sour he doesn't keep them on the ground the voice that put them on the ground could have as easily put them under the ground but he doesn't do it instead he submitted to them They arrest him, they beat him, they they ridicule him, they mock him, and, and the disciples run. And Judas has got to be thinking, this isn't what was supposed to happen. Pastor, what would make you think all that? Look at his actions next. When he sees that Jesus is condemned. Now keep in mind, that means that he's got to have an insight on what's going on in the temple. He's heard he's worthy of death. They condemn him. When Judas saw that Jesus, therefore, was condemned, it said that he went to the high priest he takes the money and he says here i've betrayed an innocent man this isn't what i wanted this isn't what i was looking for i i wanted power i knew that he had the ability to overthrow the Roman government. I knew that I could be somebody, but for me to be somebody, I had to force him to show them he was somebody. He misread him. Jesus already knew who he was. That's why he wouldn't let them make him a king to begin with. Judas didn't understand that it's not money and power. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. He gives them the money. They didn't care. And to show you how badly he misread him, he hung himself. I hear about people taking their lives. Can you misread him? You don't understand. There was a young lady that had attempted to take her life, and Debbie was going to be ministering with her. I told Debbie, I said, Debbie, when you talk to her, tell her to act act like she was successful. What do, you, what do you mean? Tell her to act like she was successful, that she did take her life, so now she doesn't have one. In other words, tell her the life that you were going to, that you tried to throw away, now give away. And give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. But when we struggle to give ourselves, you know, it, I, I would find it really, and I could be wrong here, but is there anyone in this room, and you don't have to raise your hand on this, but I just want to ask a, a, a question. I wonder if there's anyone in here that didn't struggle <laughs> to give your life to Jesus it was a struggle for me for a couple reasons one is I didn't know who he was see I felt something just like Judas did when he was walking with him I felt his presence I was in the church service and I couldn't explain what I was feeling go up and down my back man I couldn't explain why my brother was laid over in a pew. Now, watch this. This is our first time in church, man, at, at night, you know, at, at this church. and, and this, I'm, looking, I'm trying to find a way out. I want to run. I look over at my brother that's laid over in a pew shaking like this, and I'm thinking, oh, that ain't normal. I didn't know who he was. But I knew something had changed in me. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Think about our struggles in life. Sometimes we spend our whole life trying to gain more money. Power. In the 1920s, man, people jumped out of windows because the stock market crashed. They lost everything. They still had their life. Somebody say it with me. Money isn't everything. You see, you could ask Howard Hughes about that. Howard Hughes had all the money a person could want. He had power. What he didn't have is peace. What he didn't have is freedom. And so money and power cannot buy you freedom. Money and power cannot bring you peace. And it's a sad day if it can. What do you mean, pastor? Well, if you've got to have money and power, how am I ever going to find it? How are you ever going to find it? And who determines how much? But the truth is, is that Jesus said, whosoever will. (laughs) So you can have money and power and still find him. And you can be as poor as poor can be and still find him. Now, this may be hard for you to believe. But when you find him, you're going to find out that he loves you as much as he loves a guy that's rich. You're going to find out that he cares about you as much as he cares about anyone else. Why? Because it's not about money and power. It's all about the blood of Jesus. Somebody say it one more time. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's another man I want to look at. He's not really, you know, money and power type. He, he's kind of... Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let me read a little bit about what He's like. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Philippians. Three. starting with verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I've counted loss for Christ. (laughs) Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Paul was the most religious man you'd ever seen in your life. He held on, not just to the law of Moses, but Pharisees made their own laws in addition to the law of Moses that everybody else had to follow. Everybody, everybody say, religion. religion. You ever had a taste of religion? You know what I'm talking about? You know, I mean, you all realize that we're the only ones that can be saved, Right? That sounds, we're laughing about that. but there are folks that believe that stuff. Oh, our church. I've been around it, folks. It turned my stomach. Because it wasn't religion I found. Paul had religion, and it drove him. Paul said I thought that I I was supposed to I I I was supposed to persecute these people. He he, he said, I was consenting to their death. I, I hounded them and chased them into foreign cities. I drugged them back and had them thrown in prison. I thought I was supposed to do it. But one day, a light shined on him. One day, he became aware that it's not religion that saves you. That it's not money and power that saves you. But the only thing that can save you is nothing but the Blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. They were sincere in what they believed, but they were wrong. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Blood can have a powerful impact on you. My daughter, my, my father-in-law, he's he's passed now, but he they he, they'd had an accident. He was. Uh, uh, he was going down the road, and a semi man pulled right out in front of them, crossed right in front of them. He knew not to aim under the semi because it would have decapitated him, so he he stirred the car toward the wheel of the semi, and that stopped them, but he was hurt it it, it kind of scalped him a little bit. You know I mean it just you know like took like a not, not pulled it back to the skull or anything, but like that first couple of layers of skin just. And so he had a bandage on his head. And that bandage had to be changed. So my daughter was going to change his bandage. And she said, here, just sit down here, Papa. I, I, I'll take care of it for you. And, and, I, and she said, I, I got it, you know. And, she's, and all of a sudden, nobody's talking to him anymore. And he starts looking around trying to find Bethany, and he sees her laying in the floor. There's something powerful about that blood, man. <laughs> and she took that bandage off and saw that blood. She just <laughs> right out in the floor, right out in the floor. My, I got a son-in-law, <laughs> man. He sees them draw blood. He's out. Anybody got that response to blood around here? Anybody has that? Isn't that something? You know, it's. All of a sudden you see, all of a sudden you you see blood and it's like, you know. I had an adverse response to blood when it's my own. (laughs) You can bleed all day long. I'll wrap you up like a mummy. You're going to be Okay. (laughs) But man, I'm telling you, I was, at, I was in grade school at the time and some kid came up at the bus stop and pushed me and, and uh, I took off running to catch him. And when I took off, I was in gravel and I slipped and I fell and my hands went down like this in gravel. I got up, and dusted my hands off. and When I dusted my hands off and look, I, I just glanced at it, I thought, did I just see a hole in my hand? And when when I looked back again, I did see a hole in my hand, but now there was a fountain springing up out of it. Man, blood was just pfft, pfft, and I went, ah! <laughs> had an impact on me. The Bible says that life is in the blood, and not just any blood. Scripture tells us that it was impossible for the blood of goats and bullocks to be able to redeem us from sin. It took special blood to do that. I want to share with you a true story about an eight-year-old boy When he was born, he had contracted some type of a disease, but he beat it. Now he's eight years old and he has a sister that's about two, and she's contracted this same disease, but it's killing her. She can't beat it. And the doctor went to the young boy and he said, would you be willing to give your blood to your sister? And he looked at the doctor and he said, if I give my blood to my sister, will she live? And the doctor said, yes, son, she will, because there's something special about your blood. Your blood has built up a resistance. Your blood has taken on the disease and defeated it. So if we can get your blood into your sister, she'll be able to defeat it too. They set up for the transfusion. And as they started, the boy lay there really still and they watched as his blood started to go and cycle through his sister's body. And her little pale cheeks started to turn pink again. And he looked over at her and he smiled when he saw life coming back into her body. When his blood met the disease, it began to defeat it. And then all of a sudden the little boy looked up, at, looked up at the doctor and he said, sir, am I going to die right away? The little boy didn't understand it was just a transfusion. He thought he was going to have to give all of his blood and that he would die. And he had consented to that transfusion thinking it will take my life. But he was willing to do it. Oh, let me tell you about another person, a person that had special blood, a person whose blood had defeated the disease called sin that had met it head on and destroyed it. And my friend, I was dying. You were dying we were undone. Uh, It was impossible for us. Uh, Nothing, uh, nothing could save us uh, except the blood of Jesus. Uh, And in that moment, uh, he made the decision. He said, yes, Father. I'll lay it down. And he knew uh, it would take all of his blood. Uh, It would take his life. Uh, But he willingly gave his life. Now hear me today uh, because there's something powerful uh, about the blood. When it touched me, uh, it destroyed the sin uh, that was trying to destroy me it put it at bay it put it in check it cast it back to hell where it came from nothing but the blood of Jesus they laid him in a tomb they sealed it and they said it's over not power not money not religion Nothing, but the blood of Jesus. But if you'd have pressed your ear against the stone that had sealed that tomb, you would have heard, boom, 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 demons had gathered for a party. And he interrupted, Boom boom but boom Devil can't understand it. God gave me an imagination for something, folks. Amen. Devil can't understand it. What's going on? Boom, boom. Demons are beginning to get anxious. They sense that something has entered their domain. For as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man entered the heart of the earth. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. And the devil says, Guys, you got nothing to worry about because nothing can defeat us now. Amen. We saw his blood spilled. Nothing can defeat us now. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Would you stand with me today? No matter what you're facing, no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation. You may have thought, you may be like a young man I talked to years ago. God spoke to me to go visit this guy. I got there and his mom came to the door and he said, he's not here. (laughs) And I said, are you sure he's not here? I said, God spoke to me to come over here. Are are you sure he's not here? And she said, no, he's not here. And then she looked behind me down the road and she said, well, here he comes now. His name was Earl. When Earl got up to that door, he said, I can't explain what happened. He said, I was sitting on a tractor. He was five miles away, sitting on a tractor. And he said, Something told me to come home. He said, I left the tractor in the field, walked five miles, and God managed to get us there at the same time. I began to share with Earl about the goodness of God and the grace of God. And Earl was sincere in what he was saying. But he was wrong. He looked at me and he said, Rick, he said, God can't save me now. I've done too much. I've gone too far. This went on for a couple of minutes, him telling me this. And I stopped him. I said, Earl, would you do me a favor? He said, what's that? I said, would you quit telling God what he can and what he can't do? I said, do you really think that God can't save you? Do you, do you, do you, or you think that you, you're wrong? God can save you. God saved a man that was responsible for another man dying while he was telling everybody about Jesus. That's why Paul said, I, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. And I am what I am by the grace of God. Why don't you let grace take you in its grip today? Why don't you let grace take apprehend not only you but your family I've been in church services before Ray where you know folks kind of want to help the spirit of God out you know what I'm talking about I've been in revivals before where people would run back and they'd grab somebody and drag them up to the altar where I was at and say hey they need to be prayed for they didn't look like they wanted any prayer thank you (laughs) don't you can't manipulate God. As it is, it is, sincere as your heart is, you just can't force the hand of God. But what you can do is pray for that person. <laughs> Me and my brother, my brother, man, was doing drugs, and he's messed up. He came to a church service, and I could see tears streaming down his face. He said, man, it sure is hot in here, ain't it? I wouldn't talk to him. God, get him good. Get him good, God. Get him, God. Do you think God doesn't hear your cry? That he doesn't hear your prayer? That he, do you think that you could possibly love more than he loves? Care more than he cares? No, sir. No, ma'am. So, here's my invitation today. Let's quit trying to force the hand of God. Let's quit acting like we walk on water, and let's introduce the world to a God that apprehended me by grace, that saved me by His blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You do understand that when you're having a transfusion, you can't use just any blood. It has to match, or that blood will do you no good at all. There is a type of blood that crosses lines, I'm a type A-R-H positive. Debbie is a type O, RH positive. She could give me her blood, but I can't give her mine because her blood transcends types. Where do you get blood like that? (laughs) Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Doesn't matter whether you were a Muslim or a Hindu or a Baptist or a Pentecostal, his blood can still set you free. Doesn't matter if you were a liar or a cheater, or an abuser, or a murderer, His blood can set you free. You, if you would, just—what are you doing, Pastor? I'm getting ready for a transfusion. See, sometimes you need to just roll up your sleeve and say, here I am, God. Go ahead, God. Go ahead, God. Why don't you, you don't have to actually do it, but why don't you just put your arm out like that, just stretch it out there and say, go ahead, God. Just just transfuse me. (laughs) Just deliver me. Just set me free by the blood of Jesus will you let him do that for you right now no matter what the situation is no matter what you're facing just let him do it right now a a, a transfusion in a moment in, in, in just a moment he can infuse you with power he can break the chains that hold you the disease that's trying to destroy you he can set you free Here I am. Go ahead, throw those arms up. Here I am. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Would you sing it for me?
1: What
0: What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me ask a question. What could make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. Come on, sing it if you know it. He is the flow that washes white as snow. There's no
1: other fount.
0: Go ahead and come in. This is, this is how powerful that blood is. And I, I want you to get this. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to just stretch your hands to heaven where you're at. Aren't you going to bring me down front today, Pastor? No, I, I, I want you to understand how powerful the blood is. because it can meet your need at any moment of any day. It can rescue you from any geographical location you're in. It can deliver you from any mess you've made. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. They get ready to sing this one more time. I I want to share this with you and we're going to sing this and I want you to receive today there's going to be a transfusion that happens in this building. You know, every once in a while we need a little bit more iron in our blood, huh? And I'm not talking about Geritol. We need We need a backbone in our blood we need to be able to stand and and not capitulate we need to find strength and that's through the blood i told you that the blood is something powerful my mama when i was a boy just a kid i You remember when they came out with these slicers where you would take a potato or a tomato and it was just a real sharp blade and you would go across it like this and mama was doing that and all of a sudden mama caught the palm of her hand and it laid the palm of her hand open. And I watched tears come to my mama's eyes and I watched my dad and I remember thinking, I wish I could take that pain for her. I wish she didn't have to feel that. I was just a kid. Years later, I realized that's what he did for us. He saw the pain we were in. He saw where sin was dragging us. And he looked up to his father and he said, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But if this is the only way that I can do it, if this is the only way that I can free them, that I can take that pain, that I can get rid of the sin that's trying to destroy them, then let your will be done. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on and sing it with me today. I want to pray for you. If you've got a special need, you can come down. But before we do that, I want to pray for this congregation. I want you to experience a transfusion right now. Would you just raise your hands? I cannot tell you how many times I've been back to the fountain where I've gotten hooked up. For a transfusion, because I needed strength. I needed God. God never runs out. We've only got eight pints, I believe. He has an unending supply. That fountain never runs dry because that fountain doesn't run dry, neither should you or I run dry. We need to go back to the fountain and say, God, transfuse me. Romans put it this way. Be not conformed to this world But transformed transfused if you will by the way we think renewing of our mind sometimes if we're running low on blood it clouds our thoughts we can't think straight I've known people medically that they They were lacking blood. They had to go, it was affecting their thinking and they had to give them blood, transfuse them because somewhere they were losing it. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Father, we honor you in this house today. And we don't ever want to forget walk away from the blood of Jesus it's the truth of the gospel it's the only thing that can save us and redeem us and so we submit ourselves today to the transfusion process we repent before you and ask you to redeem us, to get the stuff out of our bloodstream that's trying to destroy us and fill us with your life, with your power, with your presence. Here I am, God, transfuse me, I ask in Jesus' name. Apprehend our families, God. It's not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit. Reach out and grab them right where they're at right now, God, and bring them to the table. They need a transfusion, God, and they don't even know it. Help them, Father. Rescue them now, we ask in Jesus' name. And Lord, the blood that flows through the veins of Christ, let that blood flow through us now and make us more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Can you give me a hand, clap of praise in this house today? If you have a special need, I want you to come to the front of the building, we want to pray for you today. Don't you just stretch your hands? Heaven, I want you to look at me just a second. You know, it's amazing what God can do, isn't it? Sometimes the only thing we see is the problem in front of us instead of everything that he's already done for us. And it's that's a tactic. It's to try and distract us so it makes us feel like that what we're asking for can't happen because there's a delay in it. You understand there's a reason I'm saying this. And I'm going to be very transparent with you. I don't know the reason. I'm just obeying what I hear. This is what God wants you to know. He is not forgotten. And he wants you to remember that. He wants you to understand that a delay is not a denial. But when all things are right when they're ready it talked about in the book of Acts it said when they were all in one place and one accord there came a sound I want you to listen careful because it's coming I can hear it in the distance it's coming he hasn't church, would you stretch your hands to set free, power to set right, power to break chains, power. We don't just walk in a fount of forgiveness. We walk in a reservoir of power. Somebody say there's power in the blood. Say it one more time. There's power in the blood. God, I speak peace over her today. I want you to give your mind just a rest. It's like a super highway in there. You're trying to figure so many things out. I said, I don't need you to figure it out. i got to figure it out. I I, I just need you to trust me here. Thank you. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that thing about people falling out on the floor. I didn't understand it either. I've just told people this. I said, to believe that God created the heavens and the earth and then to deny That he has the power to touch a body and, and manifest that in a way that maybe is strange to us. I mean, do you really think that the God that said, let there be light and two trillion galaxies exploded into existence doesn't have the ability to touch us in a way that moves us? You may cry, you may laugh, you may run, you may leap. But it's really not about you crying or laughing or running or leaping or falling. It's all about Jesus. Amen. I want us to end today with this song. I'm going to lead on it. I'm just kidding. I want us to sing that there's power, power, wonder-working power. Let's sing it together, all right? We love you guys. God bless you as they sing this song.
1: There is power, power, wonder-working